it's on. Okay. <laughs> and just so we can do a little... It's a before and after for the people. Okay. We're stepping into a new chapter. New chapter. A new chapter of my podcast where I don't have a weird effect turned on in my audio mixer that I have mm-hmm. to try and get my friends to edit out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really swimming against the tides there. Really swimming against the tides. Yeah. No, that was, uh, that was something that you cannot fix in post. <laughs> Although I was trying. Um, all right. Welcome back, everyone to the Usurpator podcast. Um, I'm here today with Norm. I wrote that you're a musician, an artist, experimenter, concept composer, and creative explorer. Um, Yeah. I don't know if if those are all titles that you would agree with or how else you would define your roles and your work. Yeah, no, creative explorer is definitely I feel like the root of all of those. Concept composer is the role title that we came up with that we saw ourselves as, yeah, kind of going between a lot of different creative directions. Um, so I'd say that one resonates most. Music, musician's a tricky one because it's like that, like I do, I have started making music probably maybe three years ago. Okay. And so I feel like it's a, I mean, it's a similar, it's almost like a, it's like a subset of artist where it's like, you have to, it feels like I had to figure out at some point, oh yes, like I do want to be an artist. Mm -hmm. And then at some point I had to figure out like, oh yes, I do want to be a musician. Right. Yeah. It's nice hearing other people recognize that. And then it, uh, and then it feels more real a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where, I don't know if this happens to you, but at parties or when you meet people, they will come up up to you and ask, like, oh, are you an artist or are you a (laughs) writer? Are you this and that? And you're like, yeah, I I don't, I guess I I do do those things, but I don't really feel qualified to call myself all of the things that I partake in or do. Right. Yeah, no, it's kind of like genres of music. They're all just like everything's indie now or everything's like just blended together that's true so it's like what's your role it's indie or something I don't know. <laughs> it has to belong to like one certain category and you are firmly this that or the other thing yeah. right 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 um oh yeah i guess i should probably say we're in the listening lab whoop, whoop. right now we are so the listening lab is in the factory yes the the factory is the host of listening labs is, yes i would say yeah and how long have you guys had the space uh, we've had this space about, I want to say about two years. Okay. Um, I moved out to New York in 2020, and it turned out to be the beginning of the pandemic. Right. So we were like, oh, that's a slight bummer, different New York. Uh, and we initially, the game plan was to get a studio space um, when I had moved out, but the but since it was covid it was like okay no one we're not gonna want to invite anyone to a studio space right yeah um and so then uh yeah so then yatu and i kind of tried to make the playground where we live a studio space so we kind of put like a little mezzanine up in there um and then at some point i think it was about a year later we had we just had stuff like say the sewing machine we had a sewing machine that was in a cardboard box 
for like six months that we just didn't have any space to put out in our apartment. Mm -hmm. And we were like, okay, we just need a space to put tools, to make like stations for tools for this infrastructure. And then we were like, well, that sounds like a factory. So let's find a space we can use as a factory. Um, and so, yeah, so then we found this space. Uh, it's a short walk uh, from the playground. And yeah, so that's, yeah, we got it. Yeah, about two years now. And um, yeah, TBD on how much longer it goes for. I, that was going to be one of my questions because I think it was you or maybe Yatua who I was speaking to recently. Mm -hmm. And you said that you guys are open to letting things die. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I was talking to Yatu a few days ago, you know, he was telling me about how this used to be. Um, oh, my God. What was it right before it was the listening lab? Uh, the, um, the HQ for Campus Complex. Right. OK. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're transitioning out of that space and into a new one. So how do yeah. you guys know when a space has fulfilled its purpose that Ooh. you guys had set out to intend? It's a good question. Um, well, it's probably a sign of, so when we first moved into the factory, there, you know, we would just come and it would be a big empty room with white walls um, and a lot of nice sunlight. Yeah. And initially we were like, okay, what it needs is life. Like we need to bring people in so then the space can start to get some life into it. Um, and so I'd say it's probably, you have to give it, you have to give a space life initially to help find what it should be. And then if the life leaves it <laughs> and hasn't been there for a while, then that's probably a sign that it's, it doesn't have as much purpose as it used to. Yeah. And so it may not be needed anymore. How many eras has the space evolved through so far? Maybe, let's see. Okay, so there was, we could call the initial times uh, an era, era zero maybe. Mm -hmm. And then uh, for a bit we used it as, uh, we started a, um, uh, under Teal, I think called the conceptual firm, which is doing like client work to help folks navigate ambiguity of concepts, yeah. we would say. Um, and so we kind of used it as the office for uh, the conceptual firm for a bit. So that was probably the second era. Uh, and then it found uh, the LERFT era and the campus complex uh, program era. And that's where I would say a lot of the, a lot of the wood shop tools came in. Um, Zyel uh, brought those in, Sean and Carson, uh, who is a fellow during the campus complex program, um, brought a ton of stuff in. Um, that's where we get the pegboard and just a ton of boxes of tools. Yeah, Carson finds the randomest, um, random, like this chair that I'm on, this very antique bench chair with a little side table built into it. On her travels, she just finds, she just happens to find people that have a bunch of old, old things they're looking to get rid of. It's a good gift. Yeah. I wish I had it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So what does LERFT stand for? Yeah, yeah. So LERFT, L-R-F-T, stands for Leave Room for Thoughts. All right. And what did that era of the factory symbolize? Well, what it wound up symbolizing was the campus complex program, which kind of turned into a, a schoolscape, as we called it, Yeah. Uh, which is a, 
a set of educational spaces connected. Um, and I think it, we knew like a lot of the spaces that we make or um, a lot of ways that we use space, we being, I guess, like Teal, um, is leans more towards education and learning um, and kind of like blending working and learning. Um, and so I think it, yeah, I think it symbolized it as, as a learning space and just like a, a bit of an experimentation place. Um, I think Yantu was mentioning that we had some folks come through uh, that started sewing in it, doing fashion brands and such, um, woodworking and such. And so, yeah, I would say symbolize the learning space. And it wanted, like it wanted to be more of a, of a central node, but I think right now just the location didn't, uh, didn't enable it to be one of those. Right. Not, not much serendipity. Yeah. Do you guys live nearby here or is this just the space that you found? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're out in uh, Broadway Junction area and um, the, yeah, we found the apartment uh, first, the playground, mm -hmm. and then we found the um, studio space, the factory. I see. Um, and so we were like, oh, it's a pretty short walk. In terms of a campus structure, mm -hmm. um, how important was it for you guys to have spaces that were either closely connected or could be easily accessed from each other? Um, I mean, I think it was more, we wanted to have spaces that were a range of types of spaces. Um, right. rather than the distance between them. Because yeah. it's like we treated the trains as the hallways. So, right. you know, the campus could be as big as it wanted to be. Yeah. Um, but, so I don't know if distance was totally uh, a factor, but, uh, you know, everything was pretty accessible um, within Brooklyn, and there was one spot in LES. Um, and I think one of the spots, um, the... Yeah, and then uh, Cam had the spot, Processa, that was part of the program. And that was down, that's down the L. Um, it's kind of nicer in a way to have, um, to have the spots farther out because yeah. in New York, a city so big, you know, people are all these different places all the times. People live in different areas. So it kind of has yeah. to be spread out right. evenly in right. order for it to be actually accessible. Um, okay, so now the space is the listening lab. Yes. How long ago did you guys start that? That started, uh, well, Yatu's been thinking about listening labs for a hot minute. Um, I, I want to say a couple months, maybe, maybe six months. Mm -hmm. And he's also, before it formulated as listening labs, he's been thinking about it as just having a space for... Or even, or even just having events where people go solely to appreciate the music, or not even appreciate, just like be there to listen to the music. Um, and you know, clubs can be that, but it's also, uh, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the emphasis also in clubs and going out is more of partying, yeah. as opposed to the, just the music. Right. Um, that was one of the questions that I was going to ask you about. Yeah. Um, just the difference between 
music as an isolated experience and as a shared experience. Yeah. And we already have these existing constructs of when music is shared versus when we're listening to it alone. Yeah. You know, if you're going to an album listening party versus a club versus a mm -hmm. dinner party where there's background music playing. Yeah. Those are very different vibes. Yeah. And I was wondering what kind of vibe you guys are trying to evoke here. I mean, all the above. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a goal of mine to someday play for, like, in the dinner, like, piano in a dinner setting. Yeah. Would love to do that. Very swag. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think it's kind of a... Listening Labs is, like, it's kind of open-ended in the sense of whatever type of listening you want to do. And there's kind of a fine line between listening and playing where, like, say if you just put a record on a vinyl record and then, you know, you start going like, wah, 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 like yeah. now you're playing, yeah. right? I've, I've been trying to find kind of ways to be, to be connecting kind of the different pieces of audio equipment that we have um, so that everything can kind of be, you know, a, yeah, like a, a potential end state of, or future state of listening labs is like everything's hooked into one big tower and uh, everyone can kind of like play with the knobs of the audio that's coming out. Um, and, you know, there could be, there could be a vinyl player coming in, like the organ we got, that could be an input, some mics, people could be playing guitar, mm -hmm. and then it's like all hooked in to this system and then all kind of like still, still coming out as an output that everyone can hear. Because right now we got a lot of, you know, we'll turn on a mic and then we'll start getting feedback and it right. can be a pretty chaotic environment sometimes. Yeah. Um, which is also can be fun. But so I think in that regard of listening labs, trying to, con trying to find a way to connect all of these different types of ways of listening, um, then it's kind of all the above. I would say the one that we haven't explored a ton yet is the like solely personal where like I feel like that almost makes me think of silent disco vibes oh yeah right <laughs> and I feel like those are like we we can go experience those yeah. you know like those pop up in parks mm -hmm. in New York so we can go experience those so I think we're trying to find we're trying to use listening labs as for for sound experiences that we don't get to do that much creating and listening experiences that people play together as well as one person playing some sort of music or sound and people come to listen to it. Yeah, it could. And that, yeah, that kind of leans towards like so far vibes. Um, yeah. If folks are coming to listen to someone specific, I think right now it's more of um, bringing bringing folks together and then seeing what those folks want to do. And there's kind of a lot of facilitation that needs to happen for, because there's a lot of different levels of comfortability that people have yeah. with 
even just approaching an instrument or knowing, you know, how to ask about using types of equipment. Um, and so a lot of facilitation to try to navigate, like, okay, what is the room overall? Like, okay, this person wants, is looking like they want to go play on the organ, but we're jamming from the CDJ right now. Mm -hmm. So like, how do we, how can we transition to it? Um, music in general, like there's, unless you're just blaring all the keys, uh, there's a lot of music kind of fits together in some way. Um, right. So folks have just been coming in and playing. And there was one, uh, we put a video up of the, so we have a microphone that's a phone in the shape of a phone. Yes, okay, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, you saw that one? Nice. Yeah. And so that, so yeah, and so, and someone had quarters and they were just tapping it like a drum. Mm -hmm. and they started calling it a payphone. And yeah. it's like, okay, new instrument unlocked. Um, I love listening to stories like that. Um, it reminds me of one. Do you listen to Fiona Apple? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be able to recall my recall on music <laughs> is very bad, but no yeah, it rings it's, well. it's all intuited on the inside. <laughs> a little bit. But there's this one song that she has, I think, on the album, The Idler Wheel. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of at the climax or the peak of the song, she's recording these children on a playground mm -hmm. screaming mm -hmm. and she said she was when she was writing the song she could hear that because there, there was a school mm -hmm. across the street mm -hmm. and then when it came time to record i think she had moved or something yeah. and she couldn't get access to the sound or every time she went past the playground they weren't they didn't have the same energy yeah and then one day she heard them yeah all screaming they were like chasing after a balloon or yeah, something. yeah yeah and she like scrambled <laughs> to go record it yeah. and then that's the one that's in the recording yeah um and just there's so many good examples of musicians who utilize cool beats like mm -hmm. i remember in bjork's 2001 vespertine mm -hmm. some of the beats are like someone walking through snow and it's like this like crunchy mm -hmm. muted kind of sound mm -hmm. um yeah uh i feel like that we start we start blending the line between more like soundtracks and scoring of like films and games and such. Yeah. And then like the discrete songs packaged into an album. Yeah. And it's like blending those feels like a very fun, very fun space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's the current setup that you guys have? Do you do mm -hmm. one every day or just as needed? Yeah. So, um, well, so in terms of one, it's like, I, yeah, I guess you could say whenever you're in the listening lab, it's a session. Yeah. Um, we do, we were starting to go, we went every day for maybe the first 15 days or so. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I think we've only been doing listening labs, maybe 20, maybe 20 days. Um, and we were going initially every day. It was kind of a callback to when we did the first um, Lurfed studio space in like 2018, we had a studio space that we went every day for 30 days. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a bit of a callback to that. But now it's, it's a mix between just going to have that moment. Like for me, it's been very grounding to be going to the listening labs and just like, okay, all I have to do is walk in, select a record, put it on, listen for a little bit, and then I can go about the rest of my day. Um, but then sometimes I'll come in and I'll just start wanting to jam. So I'll get on the organ and the guitar. Um, so yeah, so those moments have been very grounding. And so that's kind of a bit of the, the purpose of it is to be, to kind of, for me personally, getting back in tune with 
music in general. Um, like the past month, I hadn't been able, I didn't really have any instruments. Um, and we were doing a bit of travels. And so kind of getting back, that was definitely, you know, trying to, trying to get back in touch with the artist side. Mm-hmm. Um, Yatu is mentioning our, the, the role title of artist founder. Right. And it's like, if we go too long on the founder side without kind of getting in touch with the artist, then it's, um, yeah, it's very easy to feel a little lost. So Definitely, and especially when it comes to getting things up and running, mm-hmm. financing these things. Mm-hmm. I can see how you'd feel more like a founder mm-hmm. <laughs> than an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hard balance to mm-hmm. be able to maintain. Um, yeah. I was just thinking about something that you were telling me a, f- a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget if it was like Fridays or Saturdays, but you had these spaces where people would come and play music together. Was yes. That? Was that was that Friends Last Tuesday? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was we were doing all kinds of stuff. That was uh, we would do. It was kind of just a general art night, and so we would do yeah, music, drawing. We do websites, okay. um, and so that was out in. Uh, it started in San Francisco with uh, roommates and neighbors. Osibo was um, my next door neighbor okay. uh, when I was out there, which was hilarious. Um, and so yeah, we just started at Friends Last Tuesday. It was, the styling is in all caps, Friends comma Last Tuesday. So it'd be the last Tuesday of every month. And then we started, um, yeah, we started getting folks. We had Yatu calling in from New York. Uh, we had folks in Seattle calling in um, for the chats. And it was always, yeah, it's always TBD of if it picks up. I still have the calendar invite <laughs> on everyone's calendar. Nice. And I just delete it every month. So everyone gets the notification that's been deleted. Right. I've been doing that for like two years. <laughs> so One day it's going to come back. One day. One day it'll come back. <laughs> but I think, yeah, the last time you were telling me about this, you were t- thinking about reworking it into mm-hmm. a music context. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. And is this kind of a representation of that? You know, <laughs> probably. Yeah. It's probably a manifestation of that. And that was, yeah, the, I was thinking of doing it as bands last Tuesday. Right, right, right. Right, That's right, right. Was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was thinking of doing it at um, Pirate Studios, of uh, like pulling people together at Pirate Studios, and then everyone could break into band groups for the night and go jam or make a song or something and then come back together and play that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, honestly, we could do that. I mean, it's kind of only one space in listening labs. So it's kind of like maybe one band. But we could have like smaller groups or smaller songs. So yeah, we should, we should do a little prototype for that. Yeah. bands last Tuesday. So I, I was wondering if you have any intentions or, or things that you want to experiment in terms of how people are encountering music, how they're mm-hmm. listening to it how yeah. you want to package it in this space or different ideas that you have. Yeah. I've been questioning since I started thinking about music, I've been questioning like, okay, what is an album? Yeah. And why, what is an album? What is an EP? What's a single, you know, on Spotify you go and it'll say the type of thing that you click on is a single and oh my there'll God, be I hate three that. songs. And it's like, what am I, what's going on? It doesn't on? make any sense. Right. Right. And so, and demos, and so kind of this world of how the music world has started packaging 
together almost what feels like it's setting expectations for what you're about to listen to. Yeah. Like, okay, this is a demo. It was super rough, everybody. Right. Like, you know, it's just the essence of the song. And then an EP is like, all right, y'all, I'm, you know, starting to make music I'm starting more. to develop the idea. Right, uh, right. loose interpretation. Right. Yeah. Um, and then an album. So I think the definition of album was a, I think it was a blank white book. And so it was used for photo album as like a blank white book that you would put photos in. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of this blank canvas is how I started thinking of it. And yeah, I think that's kind of going back to the, the line between soundtrack and album. Um, there are, there are albums that are more cinematic and I feel like those are very nice to listen to and like Mm -hmm. listen through. Um, so yeah, I've been trying to think of, you know, for me, how do I want to package music and put it out? Um, and there's this, so yeah, so my artist name is Wadeful, uh, and I've been slowly working on in the realm of music, kind of, I think of it as there's this world and there's four areas in the world. There's the forest, uh, there's the ethereal, which is in the middle of the forest. There's the ocean and there's the clouds. And so, you know, you could say last, uh, last year I made, probably you could call it a demo tape um, that I called Solemn Autumn and that took place in the forest. Uh, and so now I'm in the ocean and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's the, what's the demo tape or what's the, what's the type of sound that I want to make here mm-hmm. in the ocean. Um, and so that, you know, it doesn't really feel like, like I can kind of call Solomonum a demo tape. Um, and the world in general for Wadeful is called Won't You Build This World With Me? Okay. Um, and so at some point, you know, I want to be bringing in others to, to be creating sounds with. The world is going to be developing. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, but it's hard to, you know, all, the only thing I have for it right now is calling it a world. Right. Like it's a world. Yeah. Um, but it feels like it could be, I don't know. So, it, yeah, it feels like there could be a lot more ways that um, folks experience that world. Uh, there's the also universe is ever expanding. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yes. So on a personal way, how I've been thinking about it. And then for, yeah, packaging of kind of things that happen in the listening labs, definitely been thinking of it as, you know, a lot of times right now it's we're listening to the lab. But right now, say with your setup, we got your mixer here, like the lab is listening to us. So it kind of goes both ways. That's true. As soon as I walked into the listening lab, I immediately... Uh, experimented and figured out my audio issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's really helping me. I'm learning a lot so far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And it's true. Uh, people just need a platform to be able to play around with these things. Also, having other people around helps. Yeah, um, totally. And I know that Yatu was talking about the white lab coats, which you and I are currently mm-hmm. dressed in a modified version. Yep cropped lab coat yep yep <laughs> the, what, what, what was it the lab the lab crop top the lab crop top lab yeah. crop top summer edition <laughs> ss 2023 <laughs> um it it feels like it gives you the permission to be playing around experimenting mm-hmm. 
and seeing where things go. Mm-hmm. Like I came in here with a problem and mm-hmm. I have since solved it. I've mm-hmm. created a hypothesis <laughs> and a conclusion. Right, right, right. <laughs> Um, so what's involved in your guys' guys' setup here Mm -hmm. and what parts do you feel like are missing or what parts do you want people to bring in yeah great question Um, well any and all instruments are welcome Mm -hmm. and it's also kind of funny instruments feels like you know the um, I have a I have a three-year-old niece now so do I nice right 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 you were talking about this yeah we were and the uh and so one time I was visiting and she'll start using something and you know maybe when she was growing up like hitting it on something else and my mom will be like oh that's that's not a toy cut that out yeah yeah yeah, cut that out and it's like wait but what do you mean what makes it not a toy yeah and I feel like that's the same with instruments where it's like what well every everything's an instrument like percussion is just like hitting something like I think it's hitting or rubbing something Right. So it's like yeah. that's that could be everything. Um, so the more formal names for the the instruments, the setups we got, we have um, a record player. Uh, that's from. Uh, it's not a great one. Uh, it's just a pretty basic one. That's from a while ago. Uh, probably like a Urban Outfitters type <laughs> deal. Classic. Right. Right. Very 2012. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at some point that'll be upgraded. And then we got some Bose speakers that can do Bluetooth or hook in with the, um, the XLR cables. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, a, that's something we need to add to Listening Labs is the, like, be able to start getting the jargon of all the audio equipment. Yeah. Because it's very, like, it's pretty, it's pretty, it can feel pretty ominous. For sure. Um, so, yeah, we got a couple audio, uh, we got a couple of speaker setups. Um, we have these OHA speakers that Yatu's building. Uh, he built one with Zael, and they still got to build, put together the other one. Uh, we got this drum box, and then we got a CDJ, of course, to play from the USBs. Uh, and then we got, and we also kind of use it as a general mixer. Mm-hmm. And then we have the organ, which is quite the... Uh, Where did you guys get that? Quite the sound. I found it at a thrift store. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good find. So that was actually the first object that was put into the factory. Cool. So, you know, maybe it was always destined to be a listening lab. Um, and then we have a couple mics. And so I've been trying to figure out the mic setup. Haven't totally figured it out yet, but we have a phone mic that kind of has a telephony effect right. um, that we usually plug into the CDJ. Uh, we got a mic right now. I've been using it to try to record some stuff in the organ. And then I was also trying to use a mic to record the general, general ambiance. Okay. of whatever's happening. I was going to ask you about kind of field recordings mm-hmm. or, you know, in this space it's so big and there's so many windows and you, I assume you guys have to keep them open pretty much all mm-hmm. summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind of the the ambiance of, of the immediate environment mm-hmm. is essentially becoming a part of everything that's going on in here, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. And it's a much more industrial area. And so I don't know, there was the plane that just flew overhead. Yeah, the so helicopters. The helicopters have been going over Brooklyn so much. Have yeah. you been hearing them? <laughs> no. I They're going over my house. Anyway, continue. <laughs> word, word. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, helicopters. Yeah, I guess we, maybe we don't really hear planes. And then um, trucks. Yeah, we hear a lot of trucks. Yeah. Um, the birds are great. 
Um, they're very nice. I can, it, yeah. They're very loud. Yes. It sounds like there's a lot of them. Those are lovely. Um, we'll hear cars, you know, honking every now and then. So, yeah, it definitely becomes a part of the ambiance. Mm -hmm. um, and some days, you know, we're here on a, what's today, a Saturday. Um, and so the industrial tooling in the area isn't as loud. Right. But, you know, some days they'll just be going at it and a lot of construction noises. For sure. Um, yeah. I actually, when I was a kid, or at least in the bedroom that I still have at my mother's house, mm -hmm. um, it's really close to a sawmill. And I can't describe it, but it took me years to figure this out. Yeah. I would always sleep with my window open, and I yeah. had no idea what this beautiful ambient sound was. It sounds so ethereal and like nothing else I've ever heard in my yeah. life. And I didn't know if this was like God speaking to me or just something that was happening far away that I couldn't figure out. And then yeah. after years of hearing this, I realized that it was the sound of the mill that I was hearing that w had changed over the course of the distance from the mill to my window. Wow. And um, it's still my favorite ambient music. Wow. I'm searching for it everywhere I go. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Someone's got to have some field recordings. Or maybe it's the distance. I think it's part of the distance. Wow. Yeah, I need to go back and record some of it. Wow. I haven't heard it in a while. But yeah. it's, it's very peaceful. Is there, I wonder if there, there's got to be a place that people are like, there's got to be like sound requests. For like someone that lives near a sawmill, like yo, I need I need someone to go record this, like put a bounty out for a. Have you seen the movie Memoria? No. Okay. I have not. I went to go see it with my friend Katie, mm -hmm. um, and it's about this woman Tilda Swinton. I'm not going to spoil anything for mm -hmm. our listeners who haven't who haven't watched it already, but at the beginning of the film, she hears a really big sound, and it's mm -hmm. like a big. Yeah like some like a big metal ball has fallen through a certain type of tube mm -hmm. and it's really loud and it startles her mm -hmm. and i think she hears it once or twice and she goes to some kind of sound engineer mm -hmm. and tries to describe this sound to him to see if oh, he wow. can recreate it oh no way yeah and it represents this really interesting like qualia of what sound is wow um I think in the end, they end up creating it. I mean, not in the end, but like at some point in the movie. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, recreating sounds. I mean, yeah, there's a ton of videos. I mean, it's been, there's been videos for a while, but I feel like there's more videos popping up of, uh, of folks that are doing kind of like the, it's called the Foley, I think, or the Folly. I think it's Foley. I think it's pronounced Foley, where it's like the oh, wrestling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, the wrestling of like, Someone, someone's jacket's running and they're just like rustling mm -hmm. stuff or different, yeah, different ways of stepping on different surfaces. And that stuff's crazy because it's like our ears are just interpreting it. So yeah, recreating a sound. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to check that out. It's a good film. Actually, um, you can only see it, it's kind of impossible to find online okay. because the director, because of the sound quality of it oh, and the way you're supposed to hear the sound, shoot. you're supposed to hear it in a certain environment. Okay. So it's kind of like a listening lab all on yeah. its own. <laughs> yeah, where are they? Well, are there any chance they're in New York? Can we they played at the Metrograph sometimes. Okay. That's where I saw it. Nice.
yeah, I was wondering how you want your music to be heard, mm. if you want it to be heard, and if you have any preferences around mm -hmm. how this is curated. Excellent question. I do think as I've been going to shows past couple of years and chatting with folks that kind of do venue setups, the it does seem like getting, so say Solemn Autumn was a pretty, it's a lot of sad and slow songs mm -hmm. on uh, an acoustic guitar that's also in here now, hanging up on the wall. I see it. Um, and so that feels like it's hard to, that needs a more intimate audience if it was going to be played live. And so that feels like one where it's a very solo listening on headphones yeah. experience. Um, oh, okay. So we did, I made an experiment um, with some loops that I had made um, about a year ago. And like I said, one of the areas is in the clouds. Mm -hmm. And so I made a little, I made a little thing so that when I went on a plane, you know how you're kind of, you board the plane and then you're sitting there and then you start taxing and you're rolling around in the plane and then you go to take off yeah. and then you're up in the air. Yeah, yeah. And so for all of those phases, I had made kind of a little looper where I set a loop to each phase and then I could tell it when to continue on to the next phase. You know, I would love, I would love, and that to me is kind of like, making a soundtrack for your life, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, I, I mean, that, that, would be, that would be wonderful. If I could be making soundtracks for people's lives, that's like. The moment that you take off on, on a plane is a very crucial moment for music. Mm -hmm. You have to have the right song picked <laughs> out. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think it'd be really cool if someone did a listening party where they like, got a private plane oh. and, <laughs> and timed it for the exact right moment of when yeah. the liftoff happened. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, be it is a very, like, I don't want to say surreal, but encapsulating, mm -hmm. immersive experience mm -hmm. um, that really makes you feel things. Yeah. I, there was something that you said that, that prompted something in my mind mm -hmm. just about how we're more inclined to listen to sad music by mm. ourselves and we mm. see it as a pretty solitary or intimate experience. Mm. Mm -hmm. And usually happier music is played mm -hmm. when we're with many people. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can go to a concert. You can go to, um, a, I don't know, a sun kill moon show. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And experience that with, with lots of people. But yeah. usually... These are the categories into which they're separated, right? Yeah. And I would say, you know, I would tweak that a bit to be more, like, yeah, for sure, like Phoebe Bridgers concerts or, yeah. like, Caroline Rose concerts come to mind of, like, just a lot of people there to listen to some, get in their feels, listen mm -hmm. to some sound music. But the, um, and I feel like it's more the, the, the light acousticness of it where, in a big space, I think the acoustics of a big space make it hard to hear the smaller details yeah. that someone playing a guitar could be putting into how they're playing the guitar. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe concert halls have figured that out. I haven't really been to a concert hall in a minute. Um, but I think it's harder to hear those when you're trying to amplify sound to go farther distances, um, is the current hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, and I think it's, 
yeah, so I think shows, yeah, do lend themselves more to, um, yeah, sounds that can be, I guess, e more easily amplified. Bombastic. Yeah, bombastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mosh pits. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I wonder if it's not actually an issue of people having an aversion to being sad together or sad yeah. in public. I don't think so. You think I, that people like that? Yeah, I think so. I think that's everyone that, like, listens to the sad albums, and then, uh, and then they're like, oh, cool. I can go, like, see that person live, yeah. and then everyone's there to listen to the sad <laughs> album. Yeah. And then everyone's experiencing the same emotions as me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, knowing the emotion... I think that's definitely, um, yeah, like the plane, the experience of taking off on a plane is extremely like a, a very um, emotional, like a lot of emotions can converge mm -hmm. in that with like the travel and yeah. airports just kind of being these places of you could go anywhere and life's crossing paths. And you are in this space where you kind of, um, not ontologically, but... <laughs> You aren't supposed to be there. Yeah. It yeah. feels wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. You, we are not supposed to be birds. We know that it's not our natural environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think that a song is an artifact or an experiment? Oh, geez. <laughs> I mean, it's... Well, I think a song is a form... A song is a form of a thing, and it's a form of an idea... And so that can go through, I think Yatu was mentioning our, the funnel that we use at Teal, yeah. concept experiment artifact. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say it's, it can be all the above. A song could be a little like five second, like, boop, 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 and like, I could call that a song and no one can tell me that's not a song. Yeah. Um, it seems like, just in reference to what you were saying earlier about, we have the concept of a demo versus yeah. a song versus a remix versus a remastering or whatever right these can kind of be attached to the stages of a concept into an experiment into an artifact yeah right like totally. the album is definitely supposed to be an artifact totally versus a demo is kind of a concept yeah yeah but yeah people can also love concepts like jay paul mm -hmm. that his demo mm-hmm people love that mm -hmm. and i don't even think people really want it to be changed mm -hmm. anymore Right, right, yeah. And I think also with those, with Jay Paul, those were, that was kind of a, a some of his stuff was leaked, right? And it oh, was yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, a, the, the songs that didn't want to be released in that state yet. Exactly. Um, and you know, it's, it's scratch vocals mm -hmm. when you hear it. Mm -hmm. You can't even, you can barely hear him speaking or the mm -hmm. words that he's saying half the time. Mm -hmm. You can kind of tell that it was not supposed to be a finished project, but yeah. I do think that that's what people like about it. And yeah. it's part of the charm. Right, right, right. Um, right. Yeah, it's a sad, it's sad that that's how it ended up right. working out. But the silver lining, I guess, is that people get so much joy out of it. And it's inspiring to see something do so well and people have so much love for something that was never a finished project. People yeah. love the process. Yeah, yeah. So in your own process, you were telling me about how you did demos. Yeah. Um, where do you see this going in the future? Do you enjoy doing demos? Do you enjoy being part of the pro being in the process and mm -hmm. showing the process? Yeah, showing the process? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a funny one. Because we love, yeah, we love documentation in general. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I think that we love that form of art. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, no, I mean, 
where I see it going for me, like definitely someday, hopefully soon, like I would love to be living in a listening labs type space. Um, so then there's kind of not that much barrier between either listening or making music or recording stuff or playing around with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to be, um, goal is definitely to be trying to score films for, for friends or score games for friends. Um, and so kind of be engaging on those levels of creative activity. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not involved with any of the, any of the music industry per se in terms of making music. Um, and so I'm definitely, I'm definitely curious to kind of see how that changes the, the process a little bit. So I'd love to get to witness that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's like, yeah, for, you know, what reasons are songs made and how does that kind of, how does that kind of change the, the kind of like what the song becomes right. or how it's treated, how much care is put into it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we are in the ocean. So what does that mean to you? It means, so there's also uh, characters. There's one character in each okay. of the, in the areas. Uh, so in the ocean, there's not, uh, and it's spelled with a K, K-N-A-U-T. So it's like nautical combined mm-hmm. with knots. Um, so currently, and the world is also kind of a developing story. And so currently not is lost in the ocean. Um, their sailboat, uh, the compass on their sailboat stopped working. So, ouch. Yeah, right? Ouch, huge ouch. Yeah. Uh, we don't know why yet. You know, okay. still got to figure that out. But, um, but yeah, and there's another, there's kind of, there's uh, Be Will in the Forest, short for Bewilderness. And so Be Will has just gone into the ocean and uh, TBD how they're moving through the ocean, but they're looking for not. So to me, it kind of means in this phase of life, I'm living in the ocean. So it's kind of, I'm kind of just mapping everything that's happening to, to that, to the ocean. Mm-hmm. And similarly, when I was in the forest, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm in the forest. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at one point, the, the forest burnt down. Um, at and the that, end or at what point it, during the um, I think it was actually pretty early on okay. in, the, in the story of the forest. Um, and so... Yeah, that was almost kind of like a recovery phase. So yeah, I'd say the story of the ocean is very much still being figured out. But something I came to yesterday Mm -hmm. is I think I was chatting with Tanya, our friend Tanya, uh, who's done a bunch of sewing shenanigans out of the out of the factory. Um, And she was bringing up we had talked about she re-brought up the aspect of dyeing my hair. And I was like, oh, you know what I could do (laughs) is I could dye my hair gray. And then, and we've been wearing a lot of gray lately for fill in the blank. Okay. Um, and so I could dye my hair gray. And then a potential name for this demo tape or whatever comes um, could be Into the Fog. 
And so it's the mysteriousness of the ocean. I like that. Yeah. That's a good concept. It's the forest, the ocean, mm -hmm. and what are the uh, The clouds, and then the, uh, the ethereal. The ethereal is in the center. You could see it as being in the center of the forest. Okay. It's kind of very, uh, it's like a source of energy, but no one really knows like what's going on. How did you map out these four places in your expanding universe? Um, I, did, I did a little doodle uh, one day, and mapped them out. Yeah, I think I was like, okay, it feels like there should be some kind of grounding for areas and they should be kind of tied to like elements to some degree or like different biomes or something like that. Um, so yeah, and I think I was um, visiting with family when I drew it out. And so I had, I was using crayons and definitely for those couple of days was hanging out uh, with my niece and doing kind of like sidewalk chalk. and. Yeah. A lot of that energy. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of where it was, you know, yeah, returning. I definitely see Wadeful as a, as a returning to childhood. Mm -hmm. kind of, I'm, I kind of, I kind of just think I, I just enjoy the, the, the vibe of being a kid all the time. So. Of course, I mean, there's something about being a child. It's like you have this, this wound or this fissure that's always open mm -hmm. to the world that mm -hmm. keeps you imaginative. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kind of heals over with time. Uh, and with childhood or this kind of childish imagination, you allow yourself to experience emotions to their fullest extent. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when you're a kid and you're scared at night and you... Mm -hmm sit there and stay up all night and just be scared mm -hmm. instead of trying to distract yourself or do something else. You're like sitting in the feeling and terror yeah. for so long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which now right. we see is sad and kind of detrimental, but at the time mm. it's just like experiencing the world that you think that you're in to its fullest extent. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean that, yeah. I mean, when you put it that way, it's like, you're not trying to help yourself and it's like, Oh snap. Um, and a friend, yeah, a friend had told me a, um, a phrase of mental first aid. Um, I think when I first got into college, I, it, they told me that phrase mm -hmm. and that feels like that. Like when we're a kid, we don't really know, we don't know any kind of like mental first aid. So yeah. like if we're scared, like try thinking of something else or like, I mean, that's also though, it's like, that's also like, okay, well, how do you want to approach this? Like, are you going to go confront what you're scared about? Yeah. Um, Mostly just imagination running free. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. So how's it going in your ocean project thus far? It's good. It's going. It's going. Um, it's trying, you know, it's trying to find itself. I think another aspect is uh, I'm, I've been finding that I more naturally make sad and slow songs. Yeah. And because you're sad and slow. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I think so. I think you don't so. seem that way. <laughs> right. And it's, um, but no, I definitely, I think it's also, it's like, I found music as my outlet for sadness. Exactly, yeah. And so that's where it can all just kind of channel out. Makes sense. And it all goes there and everyone, folks that listen to it, they're like, whoa, are, are you okay? Is everything <laughs> good? They're like, that was great. But, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, um, a, a funny thing, though, is I've been thinking of it as, well, I'm also, you know, still trying to figure out how to play all these instruments. 
So it's actually just easier, it's potentially just easier for me to make something that sounds good, that's slow, as yeah. opposed to being able to go fast. Right. Um, so it's almost like, yeah, I've kind of been trying to focus on being able to go a little faster um, so that I can get a little bit more upbeat. Um, and then hopefully melodies will, will, will follow the upbeatness. Um, but yeah, I think one thing is I, I definitely, the songwriting aspect of what am I writing about, like what am I singing about and making songs about is, um, that's a tricky one. Because it's kind of, mm. it feels like it's similar. It's still a little similar to Psalm Autumn. So, you know, maybe that's okay. They're all slight evolutions of each other. But Yeah. Is yeah. this something that you find you can figure out in the listening lab? Or does it have to be kind of a solitary experience? That's an excellent question. Oh, no. I think both. I think it needs both. Yeah. And I think that's what I was missing with Psalm Autumn is it was much more of a solitary experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just had our friend, uh, Corey, goes by Slow Chaz um, in the listening labs. They were visiting town, and they were playing the organ. Yeah. Uh, and I had, I hooked my guitar up, the acoustic guitar, to the amp. And so I was playing that, and I was like, whoa, these two instruments go really well together right now. And I was like, this feels like an evolution of yeah. some of the solemn autumn sounds that I had that was just the guitar. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's needed. Like, I think it's the, it's like some kind of, I don't even know if it's controlled chaos or maybe it's just pure chaos is needed <laughs> for, yeah, for the sound experimentation. Interesting, yeah. And does it bring an element of collaboration into it as well? Definitely, yeah, yeah. Which can be hard. And it's also, it's like, I mean, you got to find, it feels like so far you got to find people that you vibe with on yeah. a musical level and then that's when it's you know the jams just flow mm-hmm. um, it feels very exposing again going back to how you guys show your process mm-hmm. I really admire it because I feel so shy and so private mm. until I find that I have a finished product mm. I find it hard to put forth the parts of myself that mm-hmm. I don't feel are ready to show yeah um, and yeah. I want it to be the best representation of my idea yeah but I think what you guys achieve in your process is like the, the final product is never a total mirror to the, the original idea that you have. Yeah. It's extremely rare if ever possible that you are able to accurately bring something into the world in the exact same way that you envisioned it. That's Mm -hmm. just kind of not how life works, Mm -hmm. but through your guys' process, you are able to see what the original idea was, mm-hmm. how it changed, how mm-hmm. the, you know, material constraints or financial mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. how it shaped the process and turned it into something different. Mm-hmm. But you can still access the, that very first point mm-hmm. and what it was supposed to be. Right, right. So do you do this with your music at all? Yeah, no, for sure. And I've also heard... Um, Oh, I heard a story. I don't remember the artist, um, but we have a friend, uh, Flair, um, that's a producer, runs a studio mm-hmm. uh, at AudioMac, and the uh, they were telling me about some artist forever ago that was, they would, they did, they recorded like 50, this is like decades ago, 50 versions of a song, and then 
was like, nah, we should we should use that first one. <laughs> like after like producing 50 full versions. It's like when you go to the, um, I don't know, like an ice cream store, anywhere where you're ordering something and you ask them to tell you what they have and they, yeah. they, they tell you a really long list of something and you're yeah. actually like, I'll go with the first one. Actually. Yeah, right, 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 right. Exactly. And they're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, no, but, you know, we just had to go explore. And yeah. now we did. Yeah. That's true. You have yeah. to, um, if you love something, you have to let it go. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Right. You have to go exploring first to, yeah. to appreciate your hometown. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's the, um, I've been thinking lately about, uh, like V0s, version 0s and version 1s. Yeah. And there's always some kind of like raw essence or purity to the version 0. And then when you try to either redesign it into a V1, it sometimes loses the loses what it had. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's tricky because it's, yeah, you never know which way it's going to go. You don't know if it's like, oh, you know, it won't be taken seriously and maybe I want to be taken seriously for this thing. But yeah, I mean, sharing the process is, it's a hard, it's a hard hill to get over initially, I think. Yeah. Is like being that vulnerable. Yeah, it is vulnerable. It's pretty exposing. Yeah. Um, I was also wondering, just touching on something that we were talking about before, mm-hmm. in terms of the album, mm-hmm. the EP, the experience that these things form yeah i feel like when we're listening to an album we really know what we're getting ourselves into and we kind of have these constructs in our brain of what we're going to do when we're listening listening to an album what to expect what it is and it kind of puts music into this box through which we can consume it yeah and i was wondering if you have any ideas about that or if you have any creative ways that you want to present your music. Yeah. Um, well, I guess this is one of them. The last. Right, 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 right. Yeah. The listening labs. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, so I'll put on, like I have a lot of, I have all, most of my music on my USB. So I'll put it into the CDJ and throw some loops on. Um, and it's also just nice to, even just see like, okay, how do I feel when I'm playing this sound that I made yesterday for now like five or six people? Mm-hmm. Like kind of what are their immediate reactions yeah. to it? How does it feel in this space? Um, so that's nice to start to see. I feel like what I've been realizing with music is that it's mainly, like it's mostly about the moment. Like the moment that you're listening to it or the moment that you're making it because I mean, it's made out like it's made out of time. Like yeah. music is made out of time, and so it's about it's kind of all about time in that sense. Um, and so I think it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'll wind up being like, okay, here's the album. You know, I mean, it's probably that. What I do know is it'll probably, you know, only be on USB Club. Um, so only be distributed <laughs> on USB Club. But that's kind of the only thing that I do know. I don't know what form it'll take. I don't know if I'll make like a whole new experience to be able to listen to it. Um, but I yeah. Mean, even f- that is just shaping the medium through which it's presented, mm-hmm. which changes the experience of it itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean, I would love to do, would love to make, put it on vinyl. I've been trying to look for like, okay, can, can you make your own vinyl? 
Uh, and it looks like there's shops in New York that you can get you to can. press. You can actually. I I met someone or like received a vinyl that someone had, not 3D printed, but like <laughs> done that they had created it yeah. through some kind of hardware yeah. that they owned. It is possible. Yeah. <laughs> I I like the idea of, you know how I, when I was talking about Memoria earlier and yeah. you can only access it at a, a certain touch point or yeah. a certain right 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 a certain place. Um, I would like that idea with music. Mm. It's only brought to you in this certain format and you have to go somewhere in mm -hmm. order to experience it correctly. Right, right. Yeah, like you got to go up and plug your headphones into a wall. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's one outlet somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Like a location in yeah. hidden in New York that you have to go find. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, we should definitely do that. Yeah, Yeah, it's a great idea, yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should scrub it from the podcast so <laughs> no one takes it. Scrub it, scrub it. <laughs> We'll just blur it. We'll just put some organ tunes over it. Oh, you know what we should do? Yeah, true. Um, yeah, let's record some some organ yeah. tunes and we can put it over. I'll let's sign off. Is there nice, nice, nice? Is there anything that you want to tell the people about where to find you about your work? Um, if you'd like them to see. Uh, excellent question. Well, you should definitely uh, follow Listening Labs. It's listening .labs on Instagram. Um, I think that's good for now. I mean, for the Wadeful stuff, I have a personal IG that I'm, it'll, it'll become kind of like where Wadeful is. Mm -hmm. Um, and the name of that, I changed the name of that to Days We Got Away. Right. Um, cause that was, that was the first, that's what I thought I was going to call the demo tape of the ocean. Right. Um, so I've now had like four potential names <laughs> for it. Um, but yeah, there, there's that. And then teal.labs, um, I'd say, is the other one for general teal stuff. But um, yeah, I can kind of just go explore from there. Teal.labs? Yeah, teal.labs on IG. And uh, yeah, listening.labs. Perfect. Well, thank yeah. you so much for joining me. Yes. I had a great time. Thank you for coming through. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Ciao.